Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. This is Dirt and Sprague. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. But it's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. <laughs> Play for blood, remember? Dirt and Sprague on 1080. I was just fooling about. I wasn't. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey app, YouTube, and 99.5 HD2. We've got Big Will Ortner hanging out with us today. Having a great time. Willie O. That's right. Did you have a nickname? Uh, or was Big it just Will. Big Ort. Will. A lot of people call college, they called me Ort. That's kind of. Yeah, Ort. I like your last name enough to just call you Ortner. I know. I don't really like my names aren't set up to be good nickname names. And I don't do anything that crazy to have like. Oh, that's uh, that's dirt. Or like, I have a buddy named Toe. Sure, my roommates. I don't have like a toe injury story. Yes. like he did to be called Toe. Right, right. Unfortunately, I'm usually just Will. The little cousins call me Big Will. My last name was like kind of my nickname, and I never like asked anybody to call me that. It just mm. people just naturally Sprague, Sprague, Sprague. So when someone said Brandon, I I don't always turn around because it's not the most common name, but I'm not used to people. Only person that says Brandon is either my in-laws mm. or my mom if I'm in trouble. Does anyone call you B-Storm? Nope. That's I had a, I had a buddy a named thing. Brandon in, in high school, and he was called B-Storm. B-Storm? He, he self-created the nickname, and uh, he was... See, but here's where he was smart, is he started, like, saying, oh, yeah, I was talking to so-and-so, and they were like, what's up, B-Storm? And so he'd throw it in that way. Uh, so he was never like... Oh, B Storm is beating you. He would sneak it in and pretend like other people called him B Storm. And slowly mm. but surely, people started actually calling him B Storm. Mm. And I was the only one that was hip to what he was doing. He just wanted a cool nickname. And so he. He thought B Storm was the cool nickname? Dude, people loved it in high school. Hawkinson B Storm, like that was a sick thing for him. But he created it himself. He sneakily created oh. it himself. And then I found out. And then because I'm a jerk, everyone became Storm. So. You know, I started, I think I called a teacher, like, 
Alan Storm or A Storm, whatever. See, that makes for a fun douche or no douche. <laughs> Creating your own nickname with B Storm. See, but if you do it well and then you go to college and you tell everyone that they called you B Storm and then people from school actually do call you B Storm, all of a sudden you're B Storm. He made his own nickname and he almost got away with it if it wasn't for, for me. You meddling kid. Yeah, my meddling, my meddling ways. Pull off the mask of your friend just to find it's still your friend who created your nickname. <laughs> you do. Uh, we have a lot to get to. We're going to talk some NFL here. I um, The Combine is this week. Yeah. I'm excited about the Combine. I I, I want to get to a little bit of how fun the draft is. I, I We've had listeners that once in a while will chime in and be like, NFL, really? It's not happening right now? Like uh, The NFL draft is pretty fascinating. It's a massive event. Tons of eyeballs. What teams are going to make moves? What teams are going to find their quarterback? And I found something interesting over the week and reading some of the Combine stuff going into this week. So I, I, I said last week at some point, a lot of these guys don't participate in the Combine anymore. It's right. it's not as big event. Uh, I think the Senior Bowl, for example, is growing in popularity. I forget the name of the other bowl, but it's not the Seniors. Well, there's the, Shrine. The Shrine Bowl. You've these got guys, the Shrine. Hula Bowl. Yes. You can, uh, I played in the HBCU Dream Bowl. Okay. The HBCU? I, I somehow dumbed my way into the HBCU bowl. Okay. Yeah, I don't I still don't know how I did that, but But I, you did it. I did it. I did it. They thought I was a doctor. It was a whole thing. Well, they uh they've have all these new things that are growing in popularity by the year. And so the combine's becoming more and more like, oh, I'll be there. I'm not gonna participate. Mm-hmm. Most of these guys have pro days. Caleb Williams announces, not throwing. And I don't think that's surprising by anybody. He's got enough tape out there evaluate them yourself right you could say that for a lot of the quarterbacks in this draft will what i read and found out over the weekend that made me happy was jj mccarthy let's use that name mm-hmm. we talked to a denver guy on friday he's shooting up in mocks people are starting to like kind of lean in on jj and say hey he might be a better player than people give him credit mm-hmm. i don't think jj mccarthy's in a position where he has to absolutely throw at the combine i think it helps right. but he doesn't have to he played at michigan Michael Penix Jr., same kind of deal. He's fallen in a lot of mocks. Some people think he's a round two guy. And so he could be in a similar situation. If I throw, it puts me at more risk to maybe fall further. Bo Nix is one of these names. He's Mm -hmm. anywhere from the early teens to the back end of the first half, depending on who's drafting at what spot. Right. None of these guys have to throw at the combine. And all three of them announced that they will. And I love this Mm -hmm. because normally these dudes don't need to do it. They have pro days. They can just have their own receivers be there, showcase those guys, be in gym shorts and do the Zach Wilson where we spin out, we throw 60-yard bombs, Mm -hmm. and the Jets fall in love with that one play. Instead of going to the combine and missing on key moments and key throws, where all the scouts are, where all the personnel is at, they don't have to do it. And all three of them have decided that they're going to. And I, for one... As a fan, as a viewer who's really in on this draft, right. I'm excited about it. I'm glad all three are doing it. Well, I know the NFL's excited about it too, because when you have guys like that that are throwing, more people are going to tune in. Because like I remember when the combine wasn't I mean, obviously it was a thing, but people didn't pay attention to it the way that they do now. I mean, that was NFL network. Maybe you'd tune in on Saturday. Maybe you'd go see the 40. You'd see the O-lineman bench press, D-lineman bench press. And now, like, that's primetime television. People really care about the combine. But I also think the reason that these three guys are throwing is because they know the fourth quarterback kind of seems to be up in the air. Right now, everyone knows that Caleb Williams, if he's not drafted number one overall by 
the Bears. He's going to go number two. I, I think, Will, can I interject real quick? I think you're making a good point on the fourth. I think some of these guys, maybe all three of them, right? maybe in the back of their minds, they think the third one is up in the air. I think you'll know if Jaden Daniels throws. It seems like there's a lot of smoke right now around Daniels. Jayden is Daniels. not going to He's throw. not throwing. Yeah. I, that, to me, feels like then Jaden Daniels is going to be the third. He probably I, had intel saying, dude, you're going to be in the top three, right. and that could definitely be right. But I think these three, maybe not Penix, but Penix pr- probably thinks high of himself, think they have a shot if they go out there and they're mm-hmm. really impressive at the combine. Well, I think the biggest thing for Penix, which is different than McCarthy and Knicks, is his a lot of his stuff is going to depend on what do his medicals show, right? Like if if Penix comes in and his medicals are garbage, he is going to fall. That is why he is falling in the draft. That's why he's not talked about as the third, because his throwing ability is... It's probably the best of all the quarterbacks that are coming out. He can make all the throws. He's got the accuracy. Accurate, yep. Right? When it comes to McCarthy and Knicks, they have to show that they're not just check down artists because that's what every knock is on all these, on those two, right? JJ McCarthy, you were in a system where you were asked not to turn the ball over. You're you're a field general, you're a game manager. So he's going to want to go out and show, hey, I can make all the throws. Bo Nix, everyone's calling him, oh, you have a high completion percentage because it was a bunch of check downs. Now, I'd make the argument if you watch the game, why would he pass up a running back who's wide open two yards down the field with no one within? 10 yards of him you know you're going to get 10 yards on that play minimum that's who he should be passing and, to. and I don't disagree with that I said this during the season is the, the the conversation and the narratives about him and Daniels got kind of weird at one point right and I didn't think we needed to trash any of the players but I did think the numbers spoke for themselves on passes 20 plus yards down the field Nick's just didn't do it mm-hmm. and I think uh some duck fans or whatever took the the slander as like some big grandiose thing that he's a garbage-ass quarterback, and I, I never viewed it that way. I right. just I did watch a lot of Oregon stuff, and I rewatched Oregon stuff, and I'm mm. like, he is making screen passes a lot to Bucky Irving, but it's getting big chunk plays. He was hitting Tez for right. out routes that would go 25 yards, and like that's all good. Like That, that worked for what their offense was. Right. And in the same way, I watched Jaden Daniels absolutely stat stuff. 100%. They, they would play garbage teams. Their last game of the year, he had like eight touchdowns. And yeah. it's like, eh, some of those numbers are going to be a little misleading. So I just thought the, the conversation got a little noisy and mm-hmm. weird. But I thought the numbers also just bear out who you are. Knicks was not pushing the ball down the field. But he also didn't have to, and that's not what the exactly. offense was asking. Sure. And, but that's why I think they're throwing in this combine. Because there is that fourth QB spot that's up for grabs. And they want to get it, right? Like, there's a big difference between being the fourth QB who's probably going to go in the first round to being the fifth QB who right now it seems like you might not go until the second or third round. That's a big money, and that's a big money difference. So I think the reason that these three guys are throwing, yes, it's cool, and and as a fan you're excited, and it shows that they're competitive they want to compete, but I think they also know that there is a fourth spot that is open, and it's going to be the difference in literally millions of dollars for these three. And if they can go out and put on a good performance and really impress the scouts when they are throwing to wide receivers that they haven't been throwing to for two, three years that they're not used to, right? Because when you're a pro day, you throw to your wide receivers from college. You're throwing to these random kids. If you can go out and have a good performance, it might lead to them being more likely to sign you in that fourth spot. Do these quarterbacks also know how they benefit in some ways to what's currently being talked about around their names 
and also how this could hold whole whole landscape of it could change based on where these other quarterbacks go. It's a fascinating thing. I want to dive in some more because there's something about Penix, Knicks. You could throw McCarthy uh, McCarthy in it mm-hmm. that I just. I wonder if anybody in their life in their ear is telling them this about the NFL draft that's coming up pretty soon. We'll get to that next. I'll tell you what it is next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm well aware that Penix, Knicks, McCarthy, they're, they're about as competitive as it gets in sports. And so saying this to them would be kind of ridiculous. But I, I just think the history of the league tells us sometimes it's, it's for the best. They're going to work out and throw at the combine, and I'm, right. again, I'm fan. I'm thrilled about that because I want to watch them. I mean, a lot of pressure on those telecasts of like, hey, you got to make this throw, you got to be accurate. I also, I hope that somebody in their life is telling them like, yo, just go do your best. Mm-hmm. If you fall, though, it could end up being the best thing for you because you could fall to a situation where you need to learn. Mm-hmm. If you would have told Jordan Love that going into the draft, Jordan Love would be like, the hell with that, I want to be a top five pick. And I get it money-wise. This is a business. Right. But he fell to Green Bay, and he got to see and learn from Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. And now Green Bay is like a trendy, fun pick because he he proved it over the course of last season in the playoffs. And now here he is going into this year's second full season as a starter, and a lot of people want to pick Green Bay to win the NFC. It doesn't happen for every quarterback. But again, Penix is already projected as a second-round guy. Knicks, as I mentioned, is either a teens or late first guy. These guys falling, it's not the end-all, be-all for them. They could end up in a great situation where there's a veteran there that's going to be a little iffy, Mm -hmm. and you get to learn for a year or two on the bench and then get your shot and be ready. I know Penix and Knicks are older, so you could could simply cite the age. But I think those guys, if they do end up falling, it's going to feel devastating. I just hope somebody's in their life saying, this could actually end up being the best possible thing for you versus being Jaden Daniels going to New England mm-hmm. where Gerard Mayo is an unproven head coach. Right. Their system is unproven in general. And yeah, they won Super Bowls, the culture, yada, yada. That's been a while since that stuff was what it was. 
And so it, it he might not be able to succeed because the situation might not allow it. There's there's very few. You could probably count Will on a handful on just one hand. How many guys had they gone to a bad situation could have still found a way to succeed? And I think that might be generous. There, there is so much that goes into being a new quarterback in the NFL. To me, if you fall, you might fall to the perfect spot versus do you want to be the second quarterback? You absolutely do. They'll sign up for that all day. Mm-hmm. But you're going to go to a situation and be asked to do it now. And some most guys are not ready to do it now. Right. Well, and I think it also depends on each quarterback. Like, when you look at Penix, he wasn't playing right away at Indiana. Obviously, he earned it and he played very quickly in his tenure, but he wasn't right away jumping into the fray. When I look at Bo Nix, that's what Bo had to do at Auburn. He jumped right in. He was supposed to be the Auburn savior. He's following in his dad's footsteps. And you saw that that pressure got to him, especially when he was younger. Now, I'm not going to say that he completely changed once he got to Oregon in the fact of now the pressure doesn't get to him, but he got to a better situation where the eyeballs weren't on him. He wasn't supposed to be the savior of the Oregon Ducks, but he also got two offensive coordinators that set up their offenses to exploit his strengths. Dillingham, hey, you like to be on the run. You like to be on the move. I'm going to set up an offense that allows you to do that. When you look at Coach Stein's offense, it is, I'm going to get the ball out of your hand as quick as possible because I want to stretch the defense and I want to get the ball with our playmakers in space, let you read the defense pre-snap, and then make the best decision. I'm not going to ask you to go and throw a bunch of 50-50 balls. I'm going to ask you to throw a bunch of 95-5 balls, and we're going to try and win the game by just finding the open receiver and beating you that way. So I think for me, when it comes to a lot of these quarterbacks, especially with these three, it's about the situation that they get put in. So is the situation best if, say, one of them got taken at, I believe Seattle's at 16, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of smoke around, hey, Seattle might go and take a quarterback. Ryan Grubb, he coached. Penix Jr., right? Right. right. Geno Smith is a clear Mm -hmm. stopgap. Like, he's done well, but he's not going to lead you to a Super Bowl, and he's not your future. Right. So could that be a situation for one of those guys to go into where, hey, we're going to sit a year, we're going to sit behind Geno, we're going to figure it out that way? I think that could be a good spot, as opposed to if, say, Pittsburgh came in and drafted one of those guys, and they would draft them, obviously. I think they're 18 or 20. They're later on in the draft. I think that the draft to Seattle, where you're going to have to sit for a year or two, is better than getting taken by Pittsburgh because you're immediately getting thrown into the fire and you're getting thrown into the fire with a team that they are good enough to get to the playoffs, but they are not good enough really to be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, they're a different tier of contender. They're like, hey, they're a good playoff team that's feisty and maybe they get you, but for the most part... They're not better than Cincinnati with Burrow and right. Healthy. They're not better than maybe Cleveland. They're not better than Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They're not better than Buffalo. Not better than Kansas City. And they're capable of winning those games mm-hmm. once in a while, but you don't look at them right now. I think that's an interesting one, too, because are they ready to move off Kenny Pickett? And the, there seems like a lot of smoke that they are, but then the talk is, well, they might want to go for an older free agent, right? They might want to try and make a play for Baker or for Russ, or, you know, Russ is the one that, it seems like they want to make a move at or maybe make a run at, at Kirk Cousins. But if they were to not do that and they wanted to go young again, because it does seem like they're going to move on, I don't necessarily think that's a great spot for some of these young quarterbacks. So I don't necessarily think it's better to 
sit behind a quarterback necessarily. It's about the situation that you're going to be put in. If you are Caleb Williams, you're going one, two. If you're Drake May, the only reason you would go one is because Chicago has some sort of issue with, with Williams. They don't want uh, the free flowing style that he has, or you're starting to hear now, you know, uh, a lot of these Merrill Hodge type scouts, NFL. Yeah. Merrill Hodge is super against Caleb. He doesn't think Caleb's impressive at all. They don't because they don't like that. He plays the backyard style. The backyard style has lots of pros. And you look at Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes plays a lot of backyard. So does Josh Allen style football. Yeah. (laughs) So, so So can Lamar. So does Lamar. So do a lot of these quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, but the problem with the backyard style is you don't really know what you're going to get. It's a high risk, high reward. Yeah, but and and, and I don't disagree with that. It is mm-hmm. a dangerous thing to play. Caleb is on the shorter end of the quarterback spectrum, but there are really good examples of guys who kind of thrived in it and are right. thriving in. It. I mean, one that and talked Williams this came. weekend was Russ Wilson. Right. I know Russ was known as a game manager when he started there, but when he was really killing it in Seattle, he's cooking. He wasn't just sitting in a pocket all day. He's a moving around the pocket guy, using the legs as a threat right. while pushing the ball down the field. And that's how more I'd view it is if mm-hmm. you think Caleb has the arm strength to make throws, if he thrives on movement and not just sitting in a pocket behind six six linemen as a six one and a half guy, right? I you kind of have to trust that he knows what he's doing. He's been doing it at a high level. I looked at a mock from Matt Miller, just at ESPN, mm-hmm. just bringing up a mock. He's got the Seahawks, and I tend to agree with this, going defensive line at 16. That's what I would prefer. They go, have to get defensive go line. for uh, the FSU kid, Verse, Verse or... No, I, Verse. I, yeah, Jared Verse, yeah. yeah. Uh, they He has him taking Byron Murphy, the DT from Texas, who right. was just a stalwart in the middle. Huge. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, it'd be really interesting if they did go quarterback and then go Bo Nix, and you're like, oh, Ryan Crump going Bo Nix over Michael Penix. But I tend to believe Penix right. is going to be a day-two guy. What situation you were looking at quarterbacks potentially on the move? Yes, Fields, for example, he's getting traded. It's yeah, that's it. Seems like everybody yeah, knows. Done deal. Yeah, it's a done deal. It seems that that's happening. Kirk Cousins' future in Minnesota is interesting, right? Uh, I know Derek Carr just restructured with the Saints. The Saints might draft J.J. McCarthy. Right. You know, if he's going to go to a spot, maybe that's a good spot, at least to be behind a Derek Carr with no pressure to start day one. I, I think Minnesota is a sneaky good spot for one of those three. Uh, because like when you look at it, they're going to want to re-sign Kirk. For right? Knicks or Penix to get Justin Jefferson in his career, oh my God. Well, and, and Kirk is the perfect guy to learn under because like when you look at how Mahomes started, he talks all the time about he didn't know what a mic was like he didn't know how to set a mic and when you're setting a mic that's how you set the protection when you hear nfl games you'll hear the quarterback go 55 is the mic what the quarterback is doing or the center some offenses are different where they say hey 55 is the mic that sets their protection that determines hey are we going to slide to the mic in certain protections are we sliding away so that means the running back is going to insert and the running back will block the mic or do we have to keep the mic in our count as an offensive line? He didn't understand that. So that means he didn't understand to look for who might be blitzing and where he might have to, like, if you have a five-man protection and you don't understand where the mic is and how that affects your slide, you might not know if an outside linebacker blitzes, is he going to be in the count? Are my offensive linemen going to pick him up? Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to pick him up because, say, the the defense brought six guys. There's going to be one guy unblocked. I have to know as a quarterback, well, if that guy comes, I have to throw to this route because it's a blitz beater. He didn't know that. And so when he came in and he spent that year under Alex Smith, Alex Smith taught him how to 
hey, what is the mic? How does this affect our offensive line? How does this affect our pass pro? Will this uh, change and add our running back into the pass protection, or will they still sneak out on their route? So when you have a quarterback that can teach that to someone who's young, it hu- it's huge and it makes all the difference. Kirk Cousins, he has to know those things because he's not fast enough right, to run away from a free blitzer. So for a Bo Nix, a J.J. McCarthy, even a Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, this is a great spot for them to learn because they can learn all these intricacies pre-snap that they might not know going into the college game because the college game, it's not built so much for those pre-snap reads. It's we'll find the open guy because a lot of the college game is now built on the air raid system, and that's all Mike Leach ever told his quarterbacks to do, find the open guy and throw it to him. So I think for these quarterbacks, if you're not going to be one or two like Williams or May, and I'm even going to throw Jaden Daniels into this now. Yeah, because he's in that running. Yeah, You want to be in a system where they're going to build the offense around you, but you can also take a breath and learn the intricacies of being a quarterback. If you're not going to go one, two, and I'm Bo Nix, I want to be under a Geno Smith, a Kirk Cousins, because they are going to teach me how to play the system and how to play quarterback in the NFL. I want to get to a non-football thing in a minute. I want to ask you both very quickly, what situation in the top three would you dread the most? Chicago's never had a franchise quarterback. They have like 11 straight losing seasons. D.C., I know they have a new ownership group, but their name's going to get changed soon. It just feels like a very... You know, they're still trying to build it back up. And they have a new coaching staff with the, right. with the lead coach being defensive guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then New England. Gerard Mayo has never been a head coach, another defensive guy. And it ain't like you look on that roster and see a whole lot of options if you're throwing. Which situation in the top three is the worst to you? I think the Patriots. I think mm-hmm. there's the roster is needing help all over the place. And now that Belichick's gone, I think there's – I think the fan base is like – it, can we ever can we recapture it can can right. we stay at that level or are we going to go back to the pre-Belichick days they're doing a weird thing too swag where they move on from Belichick but they give it to a former player of Belichick so they're like we got new we knew new culture it's like I think there's a lot less know. patience for development if mm-hmm. you go to the Patriots versus Washington everybody's trying to build this from the scratch right. up uh, and then Chicago where you know, they're there's good weapons in DC. I've been saying I think DC's yeah. a sneaky good little yeah. team. And I think Chicago's right? trying to understand that you can't just throw it all on a quarterback. You gotta give that person some help. Have and they so, learned that? I don't know yeah. if they've learned that in Chicago, man. And they're do have you seen the sports radio station in Chicago? They're doing all these quarterback things and it's mm-hmm. gonna be every week, no matter what, a big breakdown of hey. Was he good or bad? Is he a franchise guy or not? I feel like that's gonna be well, I think week that's week for fields. I think if they go to a rookie then well if it's Caleb it's going to be a little different expectation right yeah but that's going to be with him wherever he goes that's not going to be his relying on the team uh we'll get to what I want to get to but quickly which situation of the three is the worst I'm going with Chicago and the only reason I'm going with Chicago isn't the weapons it's the front office and it's the coaching staff because if this season goes poorly which you have a young quarterback it probably shouldn't go swimmingly it's going to be a struggle it's very rare that you get a rookie quarterback that comes in and lights the league on fire like CJ Stroud did if they struggle they're probably going to move on from Dweeberflus and so then if you move on I'm calling him Dweeberflus yeah I think it's super funny it's a funny way to say Eberflus yeah, it's a good one if they move on from Dweeberflus you now have a young quarterback who would have a new head coach and probably a new offensive coordinator in 
two straight years. And that's the issue for Justin Fields is they kept getting a new constant turnover. Yeah. Right. When you are young, you need stability. So you need to find a good offensive coordinator or a good quarterbacks coach who is going to be there for the long run and is going to be able to help move that quarterback along. It's the same reason why I said it would be good to learn under a Geno or a Kirk, right? There's more stability. Uh, All right, coming up next, I didn't know people still cared about this till I talked to Swag this weekend. I'll tell you what that is. Cam Newton in a one-on-three brawl this weekend at a seven-on-seven tournament. And the Blazers shot 9% from three last night. 9%. Not in the first quarter, the whole game. Uh, Swag surprising me next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Uh, Cam Newton in a one-on-three fight. Didn't even break a sweat. Hell in a cell. Yeah, it was a hell in a cell. We'll talk about that coming up. The Blazers shot 9% from the field. (laughs) Hey, that's better than the three it was when I turned the game on. Well, I shouldn't say the field overall from three. Uh, 9% from from three. God, that, that's one of the worst basketball games I've ever watched. And a nice position to be in if you're the Blazers, and I'll tell you what that position is. We'll get to that at the top of the hour. Uh, yesterday, I was texting with Swag Will. Yeah. And we were I was texting about the Blazer game because I'm watching the Blazer game on my big screen, and I'm trying to get the show put together and my right. nightly dad duties. And I have it off, and I'm just, like, disgusted by what I'm watching. I'm like, God, this is awful. And Swag's responding, oh, not even on my television. I have this, this, and Dodger Spring training. <laughs> and I go, you cannot be caring about spring training. Yes, he can. He's a Dodger. I've watched fan. every spring training game so far, either live or or off the uh, off the MLB app. And he responds, I don't know, man. A little sketchy at our four or five starters in this other spot. <laughs> and I love I, it. Th- this this is my reaction to it. Okay. Yes. My reaction is, you're the Dodgers. Your offense largely makes none of that important. And even when it becomes important, you're the Dodgers. You're going to end up getting a pitcher in a trade at the deadline that everybody gets mad that the Dodgers got another nice thing because somehow they've manipulated the salary cap, or not the salary cap, but the the pay structure of Otani, who gets a billion-dollar deal. They get Yamamoto. They're just in a position where they get all of the nice things. And he's watching all the spring training. And I understand uh, understand spring training. A lot of you, it goes back to a moment in time with your dad or uncle or maybe a buddy in college where you went to spring training. It, it signals the nice weather is looming. Right. 
But I just find spring training largely irrelevant, and I understand. And you that's can why I was on the secondary TV. I was I, watching the NBA the doubleheader. It's irrelevant on ESPN. It is not because important. the the Warriors Nuggets game was all that was interesting. Clay mm-hmm. goes nuts in the first quarter, and then uh, the Warriors can't play defense at the end of the first half, and they're screwed. And then the uh, the Kings Clippers was quite a nice uh, surprise there to end out the in, the evening. So it was on the secondary TV. Side note. Uh, I'm seeing the court storming thing still being argued about on ESPN because this is really all they have today. Filipowski kind of looks like a breadcrumb with a massive amount of ants gathering to it to carry (laughs) it back to the nest. It's what it kind of looked like from above. It looks like one of the zombie movies. But here's why I'm all on board with Swag watching the Look, Gavin Lux, season, uh, he lost the season to an injury. Can he come back? And he's the scheduled starting shortstop there for him. You're not going to know. It's spring training. You need to wait till June to know this. But this is the true sign of a true fan. You're not a true baseball fan. uh, I don't think you're a real baseball fan. I'm not. I've told you. How many times do I need to say it out loud? I follow the Braves. I followed them a lot last year. And then they crapped the bed. It is a hard sport to be a diehard in, especially well, if you it have seems to either love, good. You have to love the sport. You just have to love watching the game be played. I find the game to be largely boring. Well, uh-huh. his team has got the two biggest named free agents. He got Otani and Yamamoto. Yes. So, yeah, there's going to be glass some now. And Glass right. now. And he stole Freddie Freeman. <laughs> he gets all the good players. Mookie right. Betts. Blake Snell's out there. I'm sure they'll find a way to grab them. And, yes, it frustrates me that the Dodgers are able to do that. And my Mariners refuse to do that. They refuse to pay for anything nice. But when you have a team that's willing to go out and do all those things, if the Mariners had gone out and they had gotten Otani, I'd probably be watching spring training too because I'd be He's so DH'ing excited. on Tuesday. Right. I would be so excited for the year to happen because you. in your mind, in God, Swag's mind, he already has the World Series. He's already won it. No. So he's no. You don't know. No. Are you, no, are you no, afraid no, to tank no. like you can't wait for this? What if they won the division, what, 10 of the last 11 years, 11 yeah. of the last 12, they have won and as they will tell you, it's not a real one. And oh, he, that's, hey, that's no, Bush. no, that's Bush. No, nope. that's Bush. Time out. That's a it real. Is. That's a real. That's a real one. It was. It's real. It's probably even tougher to win. Really? Yeah. You played how many games did they play that year? 80? Yeah, but uh, no, no home games. You have to. Yeah, you got to bring it. It was a mad dash. Yeah, it was a mad dash for that eighty game season. You didn't play a full year. You know, in your heart of hearts, you no. never admit it publicly, but you know it doesn't feel the same as eighty eight. Uh, no, nothing will feel quite like that. It will this year. Uh, mm-hmm. If they, mm. yes, I don't thank know that. You. I don't know that anything will ever feel like that because the A's were the A's at that time were what the Dodgers are now. They had the Bash Brothers. They had mm. Dave Stewart on the man. They were loaded. Uh, it was the first of three straight years going to the World Series. They only won the Earthquake Series. You were 34, so you're kind of the prime of your life watching sports in 88. out your ass. I don't think he was 34. I was 16. Yeah. What? What was that? 16? I just turned 17, oh, I should say I that. Say, I know I'm not great at math, but uh, there's no way. <laughs> no, uh, if anything you learn about swag here, Will, as you fill in, what you learn is... Uh, about a month into the season, he will tell you unsolicited before a show starts, I'm not watching anymore. This team sucks. But that's a and true then fan. Yeah, it, He's it, living and dying on every pitch, literally. And you're yeah. set up this year. You got the two biggest yes. name free agents. I remember, and I still feel a little dumb about this, when the Seahawks signed Jamal Adams, 
I went. You mean when to, they traded for him? Yes. Yeah. When they traded for him, which uh, probably not a great trade. Oh, I have some bad takes on that trade. <laughs> Me and uh, Dora were like, I kind of like it. He's you, a good player. Who cares about draft capital? You want to talk about bad takes? I was so excited to watch Jamal Adams. I went to a training camp practice. That's how excited <laughs> I was. This is fandom. Those are boring, by the way. So bad. So, so bad. bad. And they don't do anything. And you just sit in the sun and burn all day. Yes. And they're not padded, really, because no. the padded practices, they don't let you go to those. This is swag, being excited, being a true fan, and he knows that his team went out and got the two biggest name free agents. This is going to be their best chance to get over the hump and win a title, the first title since the 2020 season. Of course he's excited. Of course he's watching spring training. If the roles were flipped and the Braves had signed those two guys, maybe you're not watching spring training in February, but I bet you're watching it at the end of March because you're starting to get excited. You're starting to, you're starting to see, hey, there's some stories. Look at Otani's big home run blast. Look at Yamamoto came in. He struck out the side. Look at what's going on here. It's fandom. You got two big name players. You're about to put yourself in a position to win another title. Of course he's watching. So you're not watching Mariners spring training, are you? Well, I might for the white pants. Mm. Really excited about that. I'll tell you what, the picture of uh, Crawford. The jersey? Have you seen that? The, the jersey? The side-by-side where like the hat teal doesn't match the jersey it's... teal. The Crawford looks yeah. like a rainbow. You can see through his white pants. It's objectively hilarious. Like, how cheap they went, it's funny. I went to a Just Sports this weekend at a mall. I worked at a Just Sports long and long ago. I love the store because I just, I love seeing sports merch. Yeah, it's just there. But I walked in and they have a whole section of uh, jerseys, shirts shirts that are jerseys, you know? Oh! And that's what the the Crawford jersey looked like this weekend, as they showed the original Crawford jersey in the teal and they comped it to the spring training one. I'm like, that is a screen print T-shirt it masquerading a as a jersey. At Glenwood Little League, I wore that jersey. It looks bad, dude. It looks, I mean, they it's... keep trying to defend this and say, no, no, it's not any different. No, 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 we see it's different. That looks like a $35 jersey, and they used to wear jerseys. Look, I get what you're saying about fandom, spring training, and all right. that buzz. A lot of people love it. I just don't think it's important, especially for teams like his, where he's worried about the fourth, fifth starter. Again, you have Betts, Otani, and Freeman in your lineup. I don't think this is an issue until August. I don't even know when the deadline is, but at that point, I'm sure they're going to go get the best arm available on the trade deadline, and it's going to be somebody with like a 3.1 ERA, and he's going to sit here and he's going to chuckle and be like, oh, 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 you like that move? And we're going to go, yeah, they should win the whole enchilada. Yeah, they should. That's fandom, man. When your team makes a big splash, you get excited. Uh, Speaking of excited, did you see the Ravel tweet? I did not. No, you you mentioned Ravel a couple times. I don't follow Darren Ravel. Uh, Neither do I, but he he was way on Twitter uh, this last weekend. He went through and looked at all the different white pants jersey pictures from like 2012. Yeah, this year. Yes. It was like, see, look, they've always been see-through. And it's funny in my brain that he went out and was like, I'm going to carry the water for Fanatics and ESPN, and I'm going to look at all the white pants to see how see-through these men's white baseball pants are. I would argue, what was he really trying to see with all the white pants? Uh, Cam Newton, three-on-one. The Blazers shoot 9% from three. We'll get to those things coming up next. Dirt and Spray on 1080 The Fan. It's crunch time. Let's go! Where Dirt and 
Sprague crunch the hot topics you want to hear. What's the pressure? Don't sit here and act like there's no... We get nervous teeing off in front of a gallery on the 10th hole at East Moreland. Crunch Time, brought to you by Crunch Fitness, with memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Find your Crunch Time in Portland, Vancouver, and online at crunch.com. All right, we'll get to the... uh... Your Portland Trailblazers shot 9% from three last night. Chauncey's not going to watch any tape. We're just going to move on, act like that game didn't happen. Burn the tapes. We'll get to that coming up at the top of the hour. Um, Cam Newton, this went viral yesterday. Cam Newton, former Panther and Patriot quarterback, was at a 7-on-7 tournament, and somebody filmed him at the tent. He ended up fighting with three individuals. They, they, They went at him, and... He was taken on three people at once. He was wearing a hat described on Twitter as the Wicked Witch of the West hat, which I thought was pretty apt. It looked like it had some crow's feathers in it. I like the sorting hat from Harry Potter as well. Yes. That is that is one of my favorites. <laughs> the talking hat that tells yes. you what school you, or what uh, what boardroom you want to be in Slytherin. or whatever. Slytherin. Gryffindor. Um, whatever you want to describe it, he's wearing a big top hat. He's a big hat guy. And Cam Newton was recorded fighting three individuals. And I got to say, the hat doesn't fall off once. doesn't move. He takes one big punch at the end from a fourth guy who just comes in there randomly to hit Cam Newton, probably to say, I hit Cam in the face. But he never falls. He throws one guy, basically rings him around. And the two other guys, he's holding down and he's hitting. And Cam Newton went three on one. And I thought to myself, I don't know what was said to who and when. But I'm not in a situation where I feel confident enough as as me. Right. If I'm with you and Dirt, and they're talking, he's talking S to you, and you start mouthing off. I'm not confident enough to say that I'm helping you because I think I'm one of the three getting my ass kicked <laughs> by Cam Newton. Oh, dude, Cam Newton and I are relatively the same size. We're both six five. I think he's like two fifty five, two sixty. I wouldn't fight Cam. There's no chance. He beat the ever-living you-know-what out of Josh Norman because Josh Norman picked him off and made fun of him in Carolina. Like, people forget Cam's about it, and he's not afraid to fight. I want to know what they were fighting over. What could have possibly came up at a youth 7-on-7 tournament where Cam Newton was like, yep, that's it, I'm whooping you, and the other guys... What could they have possibly thought of, like, I can't wait to go fight Cam Newton. I can't wait to take a punch and just get absolutely dropped by a former NFL MVP Heisman Trophy winner. Well, the worst is this is at a youth event. This is at a seven-on-seven. And Cam, I I think um, Cam's an interesting one because he had this big quarterback game manager thing this year that went viral. and He he thinks he's smarter than he is. Well, but here's the thing. He's had some situations at youth camps before. Do you remember a couple years ago when he was still a player, he got into a verbal altercation with some high school players because they were basically calling him out as not being good anymore. And he was like, yo, you know, he kind of came back at him Cam Newton style. He's not going to shy away from speaking his opinion. He had that moment with a female reporter at the Panthers where he basically said she's not worthy of asking him questions because she can't read a defense and he has some very questionable takes and moments i just don't know what provokes it to the point where three people feel like they got to go run at him but he handled himself pretty well in that situation i'm probably on the ground getting kicked instantly whereas he's cam newton he Mm. he fought off and stiff-armed linebackers i don't mean to disrespect you here will 
How old are you? 26? I'm 26. If we fought right now in a cage, you'd beat me in less than a minute. I think Cam Newton would do that to you in a cage if you guys squared off. I think I'd get two, but yeah, no, I'm losing to Cam Newton. I'm not up here going to pretend like, oh, I'm a big, tough guy. That's why it's always funny where, you know, the the fan will tweet out or will say, oh, I, I would beat that person up. That person's soft. They're this, they're that. No, they're not. Not they're, in basketball or freak- football or baseball, Athletes. for that matter. Most of these guys right. are massive, even golfers. I know there's some small golfers but when I went to the U.S. Open at uh, uh, Chambers, yeah, I watched Jordan Spieth warm up. Spieth is like 6'2", a legitimate like 215, mm-hmm. and I'm like, damn, I thought this guy was a small little dweeb nerd guy playing golf. No. And all they do is work out. Yeah. You and sit on the couch and eat athletes. Doritos. Yes, yes. Like, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when I was on. There's a difference. A high-level athlete will just pick it up. They'll show up and be like, oh, I'm now the best pickleball player ever because I am Cam Newton, and I'm a freak athlete compared to freak athletes. It's the same thing in a fight. If everyone has the same training and they're not a legit fighter, they're not a boxer, not an MMA guy, Cam Newton is going to beat your ass. What level of sports and position do you feel you have to drop to to say you have a shot in something like that? It's dropping daily. Like, like but, two but, years ago. But are you going, like, I have to, it has to be a punter. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was always the joke. Like, if you're going to get into a brawl, which guy are you going to fight? Pick the punter? <laughs> You'd pick the punter That or feels kind of cheap, though, also, you know? It's yeah, like but I'd win. I'd win. <laughs> I don't think not, you do win, actually. It's you about lose, winning. You no, lose the PR battle. No, it's about winning the fight. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, but if you get knocked out. Then well, everyone's making fun of you for getting knocked out. Ask Nate Robinson. And what a, happened to Jake Paul? Yes, but I've stood next. We interviewed Nate Robinson in our studios years ago, and I stood next to him. And, stood over him, you mean? Well, yeah. <laughs> I was amazed how much, not bigger, because Nate's pretty thick muscle-wise. He's jacked. But, dude, standing next to him, like, this guy dunks? Right. It's wild to think that. Right. I think picking a fight with a kicker, it's a lose-lose. Because if you beat him up, everybody's like, dude, really? You went and fought the kicker? But if he knocks you out, you went, dude, you got knocked out by the kicker? The kicker's not knocking me out. I, I know, but, well, maybe McAfee? McAfee-type McAfee, kickers? I would, not have, I would not have attacked McAfee or Sebastian Janikowski for that that. Swag, there's record. some kickers with kind of jacked arms. Well, well yeah, and then there's some punt- uh, punters are different because, like, some of them played other positions. True. Like, Johnny Hecker was a quarterback. Right. Right. Yeah, and Hecker's a big Hecker's about Will's height. Yeah, Hecker he's like six three, dude. six four. He, he's, so he's a big, strong guy. Big you dude. gotta be, you gotta be careful there. No. There are the, there's the little guys. Right. I'm not. I don't think I can beat anyone up in professional sports unless maybe like a tennis pro anymore. Dude, Djokovic is like six three. I think. Right, but like I could get Nadal. He's old. He's he's getting washed. I think no. I Nadal's the one I would be more worried. Nadal is quick. ripped. He's ripped. Yeah, and he's quick. That's true. Maybe I need to. Now, one like of those big, tall, player. skinny guys. However, we're poo pooing your fighting ability. We've no, never seen fight. you fight, but this I'm trying to think of like an athlete. I haven't. I mean, been in he a is a of collegiate offensive lineman. It's not like he hasn't. Who's but me- it was, I was D two. So like to be there. I see it with Sukanik all the time. There's a big difference between the D1 and the D2 kid. I'm, oh, yeah. I think when I was 24, I would have been able to handle myself against some of the smaller FBS, FCS guys. Sure. But look, I'm, I was really smart about who I fought. It was a mm. fight that I was going to win, but also it was a fight where no one was going to be like, oh, well, yeah, of course, you beat up the littlest running back or you beat up the safety. You got to be smart about how you pick your fights. I'm, I'm like Mayweather. 
I, I wait until Pacquiao's too old. Until he's out of his prime. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, I'm more of a basketball fighter. Push, oh. push, hold me back, bro. Hold me back. Talk a lot of S. Fight's over. Okay, we're good. I think I could get Collins. Really? I just think he's, I don't think he's a fighter. That's Zach, Zach Collins? Yes. Zach Collins is seven feet. I know, I tackle him. I, wow. You think you'd beat Zach Collins in a fight? I think I'd have a shot. I'm going to put a poll question on that. Who would win in a fight, Zach Collins or Will Ortner? That's a good one. <laughs> Who would you take, Swag, and then we'll go? I'm taking Collins. No offense to you. No offense taken. Yeah. I just, I, I, it seems fake. <laughs> it seems fake. He is basketball guy. Right. I know. How much fighting are they really doing? Seven feet though is pretty big. He's got a. He's. I know he's got a wing, and if he catches me, that I'm doing the. Barkley. You're a tall point guard. He's a center. I know. I'm doing the Barkley <laughs> where I get my hands on him quick, like Barkley versus Shaq, where like Shaq goes for the punch and he ducks and tackles him. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get him on the ground, uh, and then it's a wrestle, you know, grapple type thing. Uh, Blazers shoot nine percent from three in a game against a team that's trash. We have a lot to talk about with that. Believe it or not, the final hour, Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.